Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We host Al, myself, Anthony. Today is Friday, February 18th. We're jumping right into All-Star Weekend. What's up, Al? What's going on, man? What's up, Al? Hey, listen, I heard that you recently went to a Magic game and you took your mother-in-law. How was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's in town with us and I'm like, you know what? You've never been to a sporting event. Let's take you to a Magic game. That's got to be your first experience. Here I am thinking we're going to, you know, have a great game against the Hawks. We just came back from the West Coast, got spanked out there. Unfortunately, it wasn't the best game to take her to because we lost by 30 or whatever it was. Um, but like I tweeted, if you haven't seen the tweets, uh, it was amazing because I kept asking, like, so what do you think? It was, how's your experience going? And one of my favorite lines about Mo Bamba was, I don't like number five. Um, he's just long. Like, he has such long arms, but he doesn't use them. And I just started laughing because I'm like, really? Like, out of all things, you got... 10 players playing, whatever amount of players were on the court the whole night. And that's what she notices. Um, that was funny. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it sounds like she needs to be on the Orlando Magic scouting team like ASAP. That's that's A1 scouting. So this game was just you and your uh, mother-in-law? No, so I brought my wife with me as well. Ah, so I just got an go. extra ticket. Um, we have some really good seats by the, by the Hawks bench. So I, I, I hooked her up with some nice seats for that game. But uh, it was amazing because that and then the Jalen Suggs comment. She's like, oh, I like that kid. He plays really hard. Uh, he goes at it every single play. And I'm like, again, never seen a basketball game, I think, in her life. And that's what she gathers. And that's that's that really is A1 scouting. Way to get spanked in front of your mother-in-law. That's what she says. Like, hey, you can't. She's like, oh, um, you can't win them all. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. We're used to it by now. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. All right, man. Listen, in, in today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about maybe Gary Harris staying with the Orlando Magic. Um, we're going to talk some draft preferences as well. And then uh, hearing a lot of there's there's going to be a lot of space for the Orlando Magic um, when we talk about the cap. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But before we do, I feel like the Orlando Magic, the, the name, the Orlando Magic, has been in the you know, in the air a lot lately in the national media. And, uh, you know, when you put Orlando Magic and national media together, it's never for good reasons, ironically. Um, the very first one, I'm going to play a clip. This is uh, directly from Shaq that had the fan base really talking. I'm going to go ahead and play it now. I needed somebody in that caliber to have a chance at winning. Like, I'm 29, 30. I ain't going to be able to do it by myself. That's why, that's because why, I didn't even know about D-Way either. Like, I just seen him kill Baron Davis. So when they was talking about trading me, I was like, I want to go to Miami. Mm. I think he was in Orlando at the time. Mm-hmm. Orlando still didn't want to. Like, I thought about that going back home. A combination no, I did. I, I thought about going back home. Think about that. But they were still tripping. So I said, you know, just... All right. So pre- pretty much, uh, Tracy McGrady was um, on the show with Shaquille O'Neal and, and Dwayne Wade. And there was a segment where uh, Shaquille O'Neal was giving Tracy McGrady his flowers. Was talking about how great of a player he was, talked about how you know he used to love watching him play, and he was a player on his list that he wouldn't he wouldn't foul hard, he wouldn't he wouldn't do anything, he would just let him go, right? And during that moment, he talked about how before getting traded to Miami, after he was done with the Lakers, he thought about coming back home. 
thought about coming back home to Orlando and playing with Tracy McGrady. But the Orlando Magic were, quote unquote, tripping. Um, and a lot of people from the fan base, man, they were they were there was some mixed emotions when uh, when this came out. A lot of people were saying, well, statistic, well, data wise, that that doesn't make sense because Tracy McGrady was traded uh, way before Shaquille O'Neal was traded. And then that was also the same year that we drafted Dwight Howard. But what are your thoughts on that? Do you really think that the Orlando Magic had a shot of bringing back Shaquille O'Neal? And if we did, would that have worked out? I mean, with Dwight Howard, we st- we made it to the finals. We still had a shot at it. I think what's interesting about this whole this whole conversation is that okay, so he went to Miami, and right away he won a ring with a Dwight Wade that was a, a young kid still kind of figuring things out. Do you think that if he comes to Orlando instead, the same happens? Let's assume they would have won a ring. <clears throat> I, I feel like in that NBA era, it was all about the one-two punch. Yep. It, it was you you were trying to get you're trying to replicate the Shaq and Kobe. And mm-hmm. if you're gonna replicate Shaq and Kobe, then you replicate it with Shaq and T Mac. The same yep. way Miami replicated it with Shaq and D Wade. Now, Miami only had what a solid two years with Shaquille O'Neal before he was out of there. Mm-hmm. A lot of that had to do with the relationship with Pat Riley and whatnot. But the reason why or what I believe or what I took from it when he said that the Orlando Magic were tripping, because you can take that as, you know, the relationship still wasn't good with Shaquille O'Neal and, and the Magic organization. You can take it that way. But I also took it as, you know, it was it was a time frame where we ended up, you know, hiring or promoting John Weisrod to be the general manager. If you remember that name, that's a that's a guy that was the hockey player, the hockey player that they decided to give basketball decisions to. And there was a, a feud, a public feud between John Weisbrod and Tracy McGrady. They were now on the same page, and that was ultimately the reason why Tracy McGrady wanted out of there, which would be the same year that we ended up drafting Dwight Howard. So Tracy McGrady gets traded June, and then Shaquille O'Neal gets traded July, and then a couple of days um, prior to Tracy McGrady getting, getting traded it's when we drafted Dwight Howard. I'm I'm okay with with the outcome. I think that it would have been a crazy, crazy story, crazy story. Bringing Shaquille O'Neal back to Orlando, this time not playing with Penny, but playing with Tracy McGrady, who wears number one because of Penny. And I I think that if somehow, some way, we were able to get that full circle moment, you're looking at a different a different way that the Orlando Magic is viewed. I think that you know that that small moment that was gifted to the Miami heat, you know, could have, could have happened right, right here in Orlando. You know, I posted, um, I had tweeted, tweeted this um, a couple of days ago that the Orlando magic in a different universe, you know, they, they are, they are a completely different franchise. We got five banners. We got respect uh, across the league. Like people are treating the Orlando differently. They're viewing the Orlando magic differently. And I think that there's just so many woulda, coulda, shoulda with this franchise that literally we have so many different opportunities that for whatever reason it may be, whether you blame it on front office decisions, whether you blame it on ownership, just every chance that we come close to, it slowly like slips away from our fingers. It's like, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy battle of, of tug of war. And you're trying so hard to hold on to that opportunity. It keeps slipping away. It just happens time after time after time. And it's, 
And it's 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 hard. Like for anyone that's listening to this podcast, where we we talk about the Orlando man, we find somehow find a way to to come up with topics every single week for the Orlando Magic. If you're listening, that means you're you're one of the the true ones. You're one of the ones that really like passionately love this team. And I feel like we're in the right direction. But for those that are still holding on, I mean, you guys have been through through rough times and just know that we're we're there with you, man, because it's it's not easy. But it's funny you mentioned that because I think we did something like a what if segment a few a few months back. Yep. I mean, think about this. So I can think of four scenarios very, very quickly that could have transformed this franchise. And we could be talking about maybe one, if not multiple rings in any of the scenarios. So, of course, Shaq and Penny. What if they stay to stay together? You could easily see at least one ring there. Maybe not. Maybe Shaq still left. But what if you get Tim Duncan to come to Orlando and team up with Grant Hill and T-Mac? At least one ring. If not, Tim Duncan was good enough at the time to carry this team possibly, you know, get together with a different superstar and get that ring. Now we find out about Shaq. So what if Shaq had come back to Orlando with T-Mac? That's possibly at least one ring right there. Or let's say none of that happened, but then Dwight's indecision or this little thing that happened to him where he chose to leave Orlando in the prime of his career while making it to the finals, while being a top player in the league, doesn't happen. He actually continues his career in Orlando. Can he get at least one ring? Maybe. So we're talking about four rings at the very least in a matter of 15 years that we could have had. But I mean, it, it even, it, and it gets worse. It continues because in that same TNT segment, Dwayne Wade is is putting his two cents in and talking about how, you know, it, it was known that if Miami didn't take him, he was getting drafted by Orlando. That was happening. So again, you keep you keep talking about the 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 different ifs, maybes. One pick away from drafting this player, one loss away from being here. This there's just so many different. The the magic are on like the brink. Mm-hmm. All they all we need, and we can say that man, we we just need a little luck. We've been lucky before. It's been a while since we've been lucky, but we've been mm-hmm. lucky before. We just need to to find that that it. Once we get that it, whatever that it is, we're gonna be all right. I think that what makes this different than before is that no matter what your view and your perspective is, we finally have a front office that kind of, I don't want to necessarily say ignores the, the ownership, the CEO-ish of Alex Martins, um, but they, they run their own show. And I think that that's primarily what I see, you know, the difference for the team now and the future. Before we move on, two more things. So what about Devin Booker wanting to come to Orlando, begging them to draft him? Instead, we went with Mario. But th- things like that, things like that is hard because I, I can't remember the the draft pick of of Devin Booker on the top of my head. But I, I yeah. believe he was what fifteen, around in there, the teens for sure, in the teens. I, I think that was too far in between. No one, no one was looking at Devin Booker at that at that time. Some people will will battle and say, well, some you know some mock drafts did, but no one was looking at Devin Booker that early. And, that's, and then one more, what are you gonna do? One more, the Mo Bamba draft. We win that last game of the season. We meant to lose it so badly, and our G-Leaguers won the game for us. 
and that ended up being uh, Mobamba instead of being uh, possibly Luca or Trey Young. Again, the story just keeps repeating itself. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's getting rough. better. Though. It's, it's getting rough. better. It's, it's getting better. But and and this is this is kind of how I convince myself and I trick myself that everything happens for you know a reason. That cliche. Yes. That if those things didn't happen the way that it happened from dating back X amount of years, then you wouldn't have what you have now. And I, I know people might be listening to that and it's like, oh, well, what do we have now? We're losing. We're less, whatever case may be. But I do see the start of something, you know, something, something pure in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like I really like the core that we have and what's being built. From Wendell Carter to Jalen Suggs to Franz Wagner to just the direction. Like, I feel for a very, very long time, there wasn't a direction. I'm not even talking about, like, you know, this this front office. I'm talking about this long overdue of a rebuild that we have. And I'm not going to ignore the two years that we've had. Like, great, we made it to the playoffs for two years. But it was a long rebuild before that. It's a long mm-hmm. rebuild after that. We had that small little glimpse of first round exits. That's it. So I, I like I like the direction that we're going, and I think that it's going to eventually pay off. And we're going to look back, and it's going to be that much sweeter. Hopefully, it gets us to where we want to go. Hopefully, it's it's you know something that you know the Orlando Magic are there for a long period of time. Let's hope so. If not, twenty thirty is around the corner. Yeah. So now the the next one. All right, so we we talked a little bit about Shaq. Now we're going to get into J.J. Redick. So J.J. Redick was hosting a live show for his podcast. And in this podcast, um, he had some some small little jabs that he kind of put towards the Atlanta Magic. Let's listen. For the fandom, to what you were talking about earlier, in terms of holding teams accountable, holding players accountable, I'll take getting booed because I suck that night over just general apathy all day long. I love it. And I've I've played for some fan bases where apathy would be the best word to describe them. I'm not talking about the Orlando Magic, yes, I am. The Orlando Magic being the butt of, you know, of a joke. So uh, J.J. Redick ended up responding to a fan that kind of uh, caught that last bit and, you know, he kind of poked fun at it, saying, you know, he he loves the Orlando Magic. He was just reading the room, whatever the case may be. But is there not truth to it? Do you think it's, it's well-deserved? I think so. I mean, uh, we've talked about it plenty in this podcast, you know, how we feel about the fan base, how we feel about the support that, that we get. Um, and, you know, it, it will be different when, when things... But then again, you know what makes me wonder here? J.J. Redick played... With two teams that were really, really good. The finals team in 09 and then the Vince Carter team in 2010 where the Magic were like unstoppable those, those two seasons, you know, and the, the arena was sold out every night. Um, so it's interesting to hear that from his perspective. He was here through a rebuild stage with Dwight early on, barely playing, and then playing for those super teams that we that we put together. And for him to have that, that perspective of the team, it's kind of interesting because it's not like he was here only through a rebuild stage like we have been for the last 12 years. He saw the greatness in Orlando. And even then, he has to say that about, about the team. Um, it makes you wonder, you know. Again, I know our, our team is young. We've only been around since 89. But still, man, I think the fact that Orlando is such a high transit area, 
people from all over the freaking world that move into Orlando, you can't really build a natural fan base like in a city like Boston, where it's an old city. People were born and raised in that city, so it's in their blood to be a Celtics fan or a Red Sox fan. In Orlando, it's a mix. You know, naturally, yeah, I was born in New York, so I'm a Knicks fan, but I live here now, so I'm a, I'm a Magic fan. When they come to town, who do you cheer for? Uh, you care about both teams. So, so, you know, it's one of those things where I feel like that fandom is not here. So I think his comments are warranted. There's some some merit to it. And again, we've talked about it plenty uh, in this show and on Twitter. We've seen plenty of it. What are your thoughts on it? I mean, he, he talks about apathy. So lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern. Mm-hmm. You can look at it a, a couple of ways. Is it that there's a lack of caring from the fan base on if we win or lose because the way the way they kind of started it was you know he he would prefer playing for you know a team that that boos him for for sucking mm-hmm. that's not really the fan base orlando met like how many times no. have i mean you you've been to every single game this season how many times has mo bamba been booed for playing bad we're, we're not a philadelphia fan base where they're quick to do it the knicks did it the other night Mm-hmm. We are the worst team in the NBA, and at one time are are we are we booed? So I blame a lot of that on the way that the Orlando Magic are marketed, mm-hmm. because everything is cookie cutter, everything is is sunshine and rainbow, magic dragon flying in the air. Like it's it's the way that we're marketed, right? Which isn't a bad thing. That's not that's not a bad thing. I wish that there was just a little more. Um, account, way more accountability, not just from you know the the team itself, but collectively from all angles. I, I wish that you know even I, I wish that the Magic were in the national media enough to where people are upset that we're playing bad. Stephen A. Smith was going bananas on the New York Knicks. Yep. That's accountability. They're they're being called out, and they're a bad basketball team. They deserve every single part of that. Right now, we're a bad basketball team. But there's a lot of shiny glimpse to it. So, I mean, I, I guess from, from that perspective, I, I agree with him. At the same time, like, the core fan base, the core, man, there, there's, there's a lot of love, like a lot of love for that Magic team. And what hurts the most is that that love ends up getting drowned out by all these other teams that they they have those those bandwagon fans that follow a specific player and you know kind of overshadow the love that's in the arena like why is there so many grizzly fans <laughs> in orlando why why is there so many cavalier fans in orlando they just became good this season yep where did you guys come from but it's that all it takes is that that one player, that little bit of hype, that recognition, and then it kind of changes everything. And I, I think that we need to find that so that there isn't, you know, a, a call out from a former player calling the fan base, you know, having lack of lack of interest. Yeah. So I think what I took from it too is there's a lack of passion. That lack of, of you know, like you said, like that lack of accountability, not only from the fan base, but hey, from the players like hey we 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 are again like we've said before in the show 
we're paying to go to these games. We're paying NBA League Pass. We're paying for jerseys whenever the new city edition comes out. What what do we have to show for it? You know, the team has sucked again for 12 years. We need to see more on the court. And like you said, those bigger cities, they let the ownership know. They let the front office know. They, they go in games and they boo them. In Orlando, I can't remember the last time that I heard the crowd booing the team. I really do not recall. Um, and again, I've been going to games passionate, like consistently since 2016, and I really do not remember. Um, and we've had some really bad teams <laughs> during the process. So hopefully that will change. And again, we, we do need better from the fans because, again, this is a great town, a great team when, when things are going well. But we need also accountability, hold them accountable when things are not going well. It's that simple. And things are still not going well. So we last since our last episode, we lost our last four against Utah, Phoenix, Denver, Atlanta. And now we're jumping into All-Star Weekend, a well-needed All-Star Weekend. I think our guys definitely need a rest. Um, and it's going to be fun to be able to see Cole Anthony out there, Suggs and Franz representing the Orlando Magic. I have high, high hopes for, uh, for Cole Anthony. Dan Savage just recently reported that um, there may be, we may be seeing a little Greg Anthony in the slam dunk contest. Cole Anthony's dad. Um, Cole Anthony was quoted that he wants, he wants to keep, he wants to keep the name alive. So how, how cool do you think that moment would be being able to have Cole Anthony bring Greg Anthony out at some fashion to help out with the slam dunk contest? I think it'll be awesome. Cause I mean, the dunk contest has become, <clears throat> it's equally as important to do a really great dunk as it is a theatrics behind behind it or before the dunk, what happens, the show that you put on, that creates that energy in the crowd, right? So I think with his dad being there, whichever way he's going to be involved, it's going to add to that drama, to the, the fact that he's paying respect to his dad. Hey, does he wear, you know, Greg Anthony's jersey while he's so. doing that dunk? So, I think so all those things add up. And I think, you know why I think Cole Anthony has a really good chance of winning? Because of his personality. He's such a great showman. I think he's going to own the arena because of the way that he is the way he may react after a big dunk. So I think all those little things will give him extra points. And don't forget, we talked about it a few weeks ago. He's the shorter guy, the shortest guy in the contest. Those guys usually do pretty well. Think of like Nate Robinson and those guys in the past. So I really hope that he, he puts on a show and he makes Orlando proud. And I would love to say, hey, AG, you know, you tried three years. Here's little Cole Anthony. First try. Damn, all right, so so this, is, this is my hope. I hope... I pray that Cole Anthony doesn't do anything cringy. What True. I mean by that is Aaron Gordon has done some cringy stuff in the slam dunk contest from uh, him undressing out of his, you know, suit tie, bow tie that he was wearing coming out with a cane and the hat. Like, I hope it's none of that. I hope there's no drone involved. I hope it's not like Victor Oladipo where he comes down singing. Like, I just hope that there's nothing cringy. I, if there's one thing that I really hate or hated about the slam dunk contest is how they kind of force the players to kind of be, you know, uh, I don't, I don't want to necessarily call it creative. Like the, the, the pre, like before the slam dunk contest. Yeah. I don't, I don't want any of that. I'm hoping that it's, it's you're coming out here to put on a show and and that's that's the primary that's focus. It. Yeah. That's why I always think of the two thousand dunk contest with, with Vince and T Mac and those guys. They were just coming in, getting the ball, throwing down a dunk. They were not I'm, they were not missing many. Like it was just a show. And I think that's what to this day to me, that's one of the most memorable dunk contests because these guys, all of them, put on a show. 
especially Team McVince, Steve Francis, like it was just, I hope that's kind of what we get. Just get in there, grab the ball, do a dunk. Yeah, and if Cole Anthony is going to wear a Greg Anthony jersey, I'm hoping that it's a UNLV jersey and not a Knicks jersey. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. <clears throat> that would that would be that would be I if if I was a if it was legal to gamble in Florida, that would that would be one of the things I would put some money on. <laughs> now the the Orlando Magic also well there was there was a report that came out recently that said that it seems like the Magic will not buy out Gary Harris, but just recently from Mark from was it Mark Stein? Mark Stein, and we also had a little bit from uh, Keith Smith as well. Yes, so Mark Stein had reported that you know there there isn't really a push from the Gary Harris camp um, looking for a buyout for Gary Harris, and that he wouldn't be surprised that Gary Harris you know ends up finishing the season with the Orlando Magic. What are your thoughts on that? Because right after the trade deadline happened, Gary Harris' name was all over all over the buyout market. People were expecting for the Orlando Magic to buy out. Gary Harris, and that that isn't the case. So, what do you what do you think? What do you think is the plan with Gary Harris? I think again, like like I said last episode, if he was to come out and say, "Hey, uh, you know, I would love to go out there and play for a contender," we, we would do our best to to make that happen for him and make him happy. But I don't know, man. It seems like Orlando is one of those places where people are wanting to come in and and they're loving it. They're loving the the city as a whole, the weather, no taxes, all that good stuff. <clears throat> Again, Terrence Ross comes to mind right away. Like he's a guy that you can tell that if he gets traded, it is what it is. I think he would take it. But if it was by his choice, I think he wants to stay in Orlando. Gary Harris, we don't know. But I will tell you one thing. When we started hearing those those names come out last week, Robin Lopez, Gary Harris, not only being mentioned, but at the top of the bio market as one of the potential um, bio candidates, we knew for a fact that wasn't coming out from our front office. Like those were just assumptions being made because the team sucks so bad and those guys deserve to be playing a contender like robin lopez we knew that he wasn't going to go anywhere this guy is strictly signed with the magic to be a vet to sit on the bench and to go to disney like why would he want to leave with two with two months left in the season like that doesn't make any sense unless he wanted to um so the fact that we're hearing this is not surprising to me my question to you is do you think this relates in any way to Gary Harris potentially staying in Orlando be you know beyond just his two months left in the season and actually maybe resigning in Orlando to play maybe the Terrence Ross role uh if we do trade Ross or what does it mean to you I, I don't I don't think that you can completely eliminate it at the same time it would make way more sense for Gary Harris to stay in Orlando this season finish it off you said we had what 20 plus games left finish it off here in Orlando have a really good um oh ending to the season because the way that Gary Harris is playing now completely different than in the beginning of the season in the beginning of the season you know it really I in my opinion really hurt his value but he's playing really good basketball right now and he's able to showcase that which is perfect because he becomes it's perfect for him because he's becoming an unrestricted free agent this offseason so it wouldn't make sense for him to move to another team to restart everything over to you know get to know new teammates get to know a new play but not, it's it, to me that that makes his life way more difficult mm-hmm. especially if he has family he's already settled in like it finish off the season in orlando and then when it comes to when it comes to the off season when he becomes a free agent then go out and do your shopping and i think that there'll be suitors out there but i wouldn't be mad at all if the orlando magic decided to give him a 
a front-loaded contract with with declining year by year and giving him a real opportunity here in Orlando. I don't see why now we need vets, and he's so someone that is. already is already you know accustomed to our guys. So he's the same age, or he will be the same age that Terrence Ross was back in 2019 when we signed him to a four-year deal. He was making 14, 13, 12, 11. That's his declining contract. Would you be okay with the Magic saying to Gary Harris, hey, we're going to have you play the Terrence Ross role, be the vet off the bench, six-man maybe, um, hit threes, play defense. That's your role. Lead these guys. And giving him that contract that Terrence Ross got, would you be happy with that? Yeah, I mean, 27, he'll end up, the end of that contract, what, 31? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't know that that would be the way that they would they would position it. Um, I, I would I would think that they would give him a event, a nice, solid veteran contract, nowhere near the contract that he got in Denver, mm-hmm. um, but at least a, a solid offer. And if he starts, he starts. If he doesn't, he doesn't. But he'll be a contributor. And I think that exactly. that would be the the biggest thing that he could take away, because especially in, in this in this state at 27 it is it's going to be he'll have one more contract after this contract, right? But this is his opportunity to really try to get the most amount of money because he didn't, in my opinion, live up to the contract that he got in Denver. But he can still make really, really good money. So I think that he's going to go out and it makes sense for, for him to get the biggest contract that he can get, but not just the biggest contract. You know, a contract that has years on it. And I think that that, in my opinion, if I'm in his, if I'm in his shoes, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking yeah. for money and longevity. Who is I think that? what helps us there is the fact that the Magic, and we'll talk about it here. I think the next topic is the fact that the Magic are one of the few teams that will have money to spend. And not only money to spend, but the second most, only behind Detroit. Um, we will have about $28 million to spend in free agency. So if Gary Harris sees himself in Orlando and says, hey, I, I do want to come back and, and play for you guys, we're going to have the money to pay him. Um, what I think is what the Magic should do it's not use cap money. It's instead trade Terrence Ross for whatever, trade exemption, first round pick, whatever it may be. Don't get salary back if possible and replace Terrence Ross money with Gary Harris. Because again, in my opinion, they play the same position kind of. If I can have one of the two when healthy, Gary Harris is a better fit in this team. He plays defense. He can shoot the three-point the three point shot. And we don't need a, a chucker, a guy that's going to chuck 18 shots when he's hot. You know, We need somebody that can give the ball to the young guys. I think Garrick Harris is known to be a better locker room leader. Maybe uh, maybe by voice, like he's a, a leader when speaking to others, where I think Terrence Ross is more of a leader because he's a vet, he's been in the league for a while, and that's about it. So I think from that standpoint, on the court and off the court, I think Gary Harris fits here long-term more. But again, all of this, if he's okay with staying in Orlando. Yeah, so the Magic are projected to have the second most cap room spaces upcoming offseason at 28.1 million, right behind Detroit at 31.4. So the Magic do have money to spend. Um, it, it would be it would be interesting. Like I, I just think from Terrence Ross's perspective, um, if he didn't stay with the Magic and he went to another team, do you see him at, at his stage of his career signing a long-term contract with another team for four years, three, four years? I, I find that, I don't know, I, I find that really not likely in a sense. And, and I would hate for a player like Terrence Ross to end up being a journeyman. And I think that if there's one thing that he can say about the Orlando Magic is that the Orlando Magic really 
gave him a a home. Mm-hmm. And you see certain players like Michael Carter Williams that's you know been jumping from team to team to team. You see um a player like Ish Smith who is like leading the NBA with the amount of teams that he's played for. Mm-hmm. You have so many guys that are really Jeff Green, another person that comes to mind. So many guys that jump from team to team, and it's really hard to build and grab roots. That I don't know if 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 it got to a point where they had a serious conversation with Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross said, I want to stay here. I want to be a veteran. I'm I'm okay with not moving Terrence Ross. We need veterans. There's other veterans I have in mind, absolutely. But at the same time, I still believe that he brings a lot of value. Um, and I think that if Gary, if Gary Harris is, is on board with helping the development of this team, a player like Gary Harris is is, is something that we would need two years from now. Mm-hmm. So if you can lock him down now and already build that chemistry that he's already doing, I think in the long run be super beneficial. I'm I'm on the Gary Harris train and, and him staying in Orlando. What's going on, Magic fans? The latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking about between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook is not available in your state yet, you can still take a shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prices with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prices with their first deposit. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, bet just $1 on any NBA team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 or older, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction, See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text 467-369. So say say the opposite happens. Say we, we trade Ross for a pick and say we trade or we don't sign Gary Harris back. My second part of this question was going to be to you. Do you foresee the magic trying to use all that cap space, so $21 million, $28 million, to sign maybe a big name. I know there's not that many in this free agency. I think 2023 is when you have a lot more bigger names coming um, into free agency. But could you foresee the Magic maybe getting into the mix of, of <clears throat> trying to get a big name this offseason, whether it is via trade or in free agency? I mean, I, I'm taking a look at the names, and there's not really – like it's hard for me to look at the names and say, all right, that's that's a guy that we really have – a great shot at. That's a guy that can really fit with our team and really take our team to the next level. I mean, you you take a look at, like, I'm looking at the the Cavaliers as as a team that 
you you kind of want to mimic what they're doing because mm-hmm. what they're doing worked. They have a player like Kevin Love, who's a veteran coming off the bench, that's really helping that team succeed. And they keep adding, and they're they're playing really good basketball. They ended up bringing Rajon Rondo to that team, and and another strong veteran. Um, I I saw. Uh, it was a post on social media where they were talking about uh, Darius Garland saying that one of the biggest impacts that he saw from Rajon Rondo is that one day on the bus, Rajon Rondo, one of his first interactions with Rajon was Rajon told him, come to the back of the bus with me. We're going to sit down. We're going to watch some highlights on your tape. What vet is doing that right now with the Orlando Magic? Who is doing that? Maybe they are, but who is really giving that, that impact? So, when I'm taking a look at free agents, that's really what I'm focusing on. Who could be that? We we talked recently on the Close Up Magic uh, podcast with with Steven about you know veteran having that veteran is really really important. But who who do we have? You and I we talked about um, you know getting a a Vince Carter type player to be a, a locker room guy, someone that can really help the the young guys. And I, I think that Rajon Rondo, maybe that is something that you look at. I know that we have a massive amount of guards, but shoot, if, if that worked for Cleveland, why wouldn't you want that for your team? True. Do the exact True. same thing. This is someone that is clearly A-OK with not playing as much, taking a step back. <clears throat> Guy wants to be a coach in the future. Why not give him that opportunity? Um, but I, I see names like Bradley Beal. He has a player option. He's not going to give up that money. I see players like um, Zach Levine is going to be an unrestricted free agent. Why would he leave Chicago? They're the number one team in the NBA right now, and they're not healthy. Um, I see other names like uh, I'm just throwing Tristan Thompson, Serge Ibaka. Uh, yeah, like no, these, I mean these aren't these aren't names that PJ Tuck like these aren't names that I see and say, wow, the, these guys are going to really make a difference with these young guys. Yeah, no. So I was going to say I'm looking at the same list as you are, and there's definitely any like guys that fit our timeline of course if you can get a guy like um bradley beal of course that'll be ideal that'll be amazing but again i would think he would want to go to a contender a team that's ready to win i don't think that's us but if you can make that happen that'll be ridiculously amazing for for the magic and, and the fan base only names that kind of fit the timeline um i just came across miles bridges from charlotte guy that's balling out playing really well do you throw a ton of money at him and bring him to Orlando? Yeah, but Honestly, that's that's another that's another forward. You're, exactly. There's a there's a strong likelihood that you're going to end up drafting another forward. So you're going to give this guy so much money exactly. on top of bringing a brand new draft pick to the team that plays that position and Jonathan Isaac coming back. Yep. The only other one that I see on the list that fits our timeline is Colin Sexton from the Cavs. Coming off an injury, hitting free agency to the Cavs, wanting back. Uh, we don't know, but he's the only other guy that's kind of young that will demand some money that we, we're going to have. Other than that, it's a bunch of old guys that are good vets, but they're not going to really fit uh, in Orlando. I think those guys are going to want to win. So it's not the best year to have money, unfortunately. Um, so you got to be smart with it. And I think our front office definitely will be. So I don't think we see a big name. I think we might see a one-year contract, maybe to Gary Harris, 18 million, something like that to keep that flexibility for year, years to come. Yeah, and I and I think that that's what makes me want to keep Gary Harris so much more. <clears throat> it's because I really don't like any of the names. Like, none of those names jump out of the page for me. Mm-hmm. Not, not for this team and not for the players that we have. 
And not only that, but again, it fits our timeline. He already knows our team. He knows the young guys that we have in the locker room. So it, it makes sense. Yep. All right. So uh, moving forward. So according to Chad Ford, the magic preference is Jabari Smith if they get the number one pick. What are your thoughts on that? Is Jabari Smith the guy? And do you believe that that's really the Magic's preference? So it's funny. So Chad Ford said that. And then how do you say his name? Sam Fessini from The Athletic. Um, He also came on the afternoon today uh, with another mock draft. And he also has him going to the Magic, Jabari Smith. So it's kind of funny how we have... um, the name kind of that one name being a common name amongst the magic it's way too early for it i think we gotta wait until march madness is over and all that good stuff that's when some names really jump up based on how they perform uh in march madness but i will tell you if we draft them i'm not gonna be upset um jabari smith is known to be a great defender which we know our front office loves and he's known to be probably one of the best shooters amongst the top three or four prospects in this draft so if you're getting yourself the best defender and the best sh- the best shooter in one pick, that's not a bad deal right there. Um, but I will also say there are about four names now that are becoming really, really popular in the draft. The top three, we know them already. They're the top four, the top three forwards. But then uh, Jaden Ivey is still the other kid that's kind of coming up in the draft boards really, really quickly. Some people have him as high as two in the, in the draft right now. So the good news for us is even if, Markel comes back or whatever happens in the second half of the season here after the break and we win more games than we should, but we still end up top four, we're going to get a solid player. So we're kind of going back to last year's draft in which it was like, man, as long as you get top four, you're good. I think it's going to happen again this year. So from that perspective, I don't mind who we get one through four, but if we do get Jabari Smith, I think that's a steal for us. I, I think that it's it's kind of like the word is getting around where this is it's Jabari's pick, number one. If you get number one, that's the guy that you're that you're drafting. I also think that it's kind of hard to really make that that you know that decision. Not necessarily that decision, but that notion before March Madness. Mm-hmm. I think March Madness is where you're gonna really start to see where these guys fall. Taking a look at last year's draft, I feel like you know Cade was was definitely that number one, but for the most part, it really fluctuated a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that once we get closer to March Madness, we'll really start to see where these guys end up really falling. Um, and, you know, in regards to the Magic's preference being number uh, Jabari Smith, I think the Magic's preference is just getting the number one pick. Yes. <laughs> that's that's everyone's preference. Like uh, that, like that's that's kind of like my issue with a lot of these um, these reports is it's like, yeah, dumb man. like. Yes, yes, that's the magic. The magic's preference is get the number one pick and get the number one guy. That is a hundred percent the magic's preference. That's the magic's preference. That's Detroit's pre- preference. Houston, Oklahoma, Indiana, Sacramento. It's everybody's preference. Why is that news? Exactly. But let me ask you: you, if you were running the team and you got the number one pick, you got Chad out there, Paulo, Jaden Ivey, Jabari Smith. Knowing our roster, we're heavy in forwards. We're heavy in guards. Technically, we're having centers too because we got we got two centers that can play in, in Mo Bamba a little bit and Wendell Carter. So, what do you do at today? Talking today, what do I do if I have the number one pick? Yep. Yeah, I, I would go with Jabari, but I think that okay. it, as much as I want the Orlando Magic to have the number one pick, I also like to see kind of what the direction is for the Orlando Magic, and I feel like if we get the number one pick, 
we're not really certain yet. You're you're just drafting the the best guy and the best guy is Jabari. But let's say that the Magic draft two. Now we get an understand of what what direction they're they're looking at because Paolo is completely different than Chet. Yep. Chet is completely different than Jaden Ivey. So if we have, let's say that we get the second pick, and you're right, I'm looking at NBADraft.net right now, and they have Jaden Ivey as as number two. Yep. So with the number two pick, let's say that they decide we don't want to deal with you know, the 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 weight of, of Chet Holmgren. We we think that he's too skinny, or we don't want to deal with, you know, Paolo's sweating issue. Jaden Ivey is going to be our guy. It's kind of like, all right, so if they're going with Jaden, in my opinion, in their mind, one, they're, they're drafting best player available because the Magic are in no position not to draft best player available. Mm-hmm. But then they really have to make a decision about Cole Anthony about Jalen Suggs, about Markel Fultz. That's right. And then something has to happen because at that point, one, you have way too many guards, and two, you're in disgruntle a lot of your players. Exactly. So now you have to make a decision. It's going to be fun. I, I just think I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be surprised if towards a draft, if we do get one or two, and like you said, the young guys are progressing, things are looking good, do you consider trading that pick i don't want us to get into that conversation right now but just something to keep in mind because like we've talked about it off the air quite a bit we have a lot of young guys we have a lot of picks coming up in the future at some point you got to say hey we got the first pick in the draft we can pair it up with i don't know mo bamba rj hampton whatever it may be and give us bradley beal give us whatever it may be and let's Dude, see if people we can take it. would absolutely riot if the orlando magic finally get the number one pick <laughs> and they end up trading it they would people would riot bro there's no way you're it's not gonna be, they're, they're not even allowed to do that it's just man i, I just gotta wonder though like at some point you have way too many guys and you cannot make them all happy like you said at some point fault's gonna be mad or sucks or call anthony or ji if he comes back and he's playing well and all of a sudden you're not giving him more than 25, 30 minutes because you don't have. You have to give minutes to the number one pick in the draft. Um, so it's going to be interesting because the issue that I'm seeing, which is a good problem, with Markel and J.I. not playing right now, you're getting to develop all those other guys and get him a lot of reps. Again, Cole Anthony has grown tremendously this season. Jalen Suggs, he's not the same player that he used to be in October. He's playing much better. Franz, amazing all year. Wendell, my goodness, 14 and 10 for the season, playing even better this month. So all these guys are growing and getting better, which you want to see that. Throw the, add in that, hopefully a better Markel, a better J.I., and now a top pick in the draft on top of that, and a, and a Chuma that's playing better, and a R.J. Hampton that hopefully takes, takes another step over the summer. Again, it's exciting. But like you said, where are the minutes coming from? Who do you bench? Who do you sit at that point? Well, I, but I think that that's why this season is so important, that people can't just – you know, brush it under the rug. Yes, we're the last place team. <clears throat> yes, we don't have Markel or Jonathan Isaac, but the benefit of not having Markel and Jonathan Isaac is that, let's be honest, with them, you know what you have. You've mm-hmm. seen enough of them, <clears throat> as hard as that may sound, you've seen enough of them to know what you have. This gives you the opportunity to be able to see the guys that are playing right now, see what you have with them, and then ultimately make a decision because yeah. it's getting to the point that you're right, we have too many guys. What are you going to do? And I think that, one, this weaponizes the magic to be able to have enough in their arsenal to be able to make a move. 
But I think that this team could look really different. It could. And that's why, again, this, this offseason, this free agency, this draft class, it's going to be fun. That's why this this year, I'm again, I'm back to last season's mode, which is I don't mind if we win or lose anymore. Let's get it over with. we got two more months to go. But in reality, the focus has shifted into May, June, July, because that's when we're going to see the transformation, possibly, of this team, depending on how free agency goes, how the draft goes. But nothing better than the fact that of knowing that next year will be much better. And I think hopefully we'll rest from this whole lottery talks and tanking and all that crap because I've had enough of it. Yeah. But it's like it's like an annual tradition now. I feel like it's a holiday. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I, I mean, so kind of still with that with that mindset of being able to watch the guys that we have and, and see by the end of the season what you have, should the Orlando Magic start Chumo Kiki, the last 22 games over Mo Bamba. Should he? Yes. I think he's earned it. He's shooting, I think I saw somewhere close to like 50% since January 1st uh, from three point. I'm sorry, 38% since January 1st, close to 50% in the last like seven, eight games. Um, he's rebounding well. We know his defense has always been solid. He's back to like last season's Chuma. He's moving better on the court. He's creating for others. He's pushing the pace. So from a lineup perspective that we're using out there, so talking about Cole, Suggs, Franz, Chuma, and Wendell, he fits better. It's more of a modern team. Um, I like the fact that we've given Mo Bamba a shot. We've given plenty of opportunities. He's only averaging like 20 minutes a night the last week or two weeks. So he's not playing very much because he doesn't deserve to be out there, honestly, let's be honest. So I think it, we should shift that and give Chuma a chance to say, hey, you were starting last year before you got hurt. Let's give you a chance to end season and show us what you got with the starting lineup. But then we're going to go there, yeah, but if GI comes back, it's a whole other issue. But let's assume GI won't, because I'm, I'm not counting on him. You should give Chuma a shot. Dude, I'm, I'm ready for the drama. Like, <laughs> let's, let's bring everybody back in so we can kind of see what Jamal Mosley does. Do you think Markel Fultz ends up playing the first game after the All-Star game? Yes, I do. Do you really think that, all right, the conversation is being put in right now. Markel, get ready. We're going to wait for this All-Star weekend to be completely done. Get your shoes on. We're going to get you on. Do you really think that that's the move? I because do, I feel so. like we have this conversation after everything. Is Markel going to play before you know Christmas? All right, he's now traveling with the team. Is he going to play after this road trip? Now there's a home stretch. And it keeps, it keeps seeming like we keep you know, putting – you know, getting our hopes up. So I think this this needs to be it. We first heard that he joined the team in, in L.A. December 10th. About a month later, February, uh, January 10th, around there, we heard from Jeff, uh, I'm sorry, not Jeff, John, on, on a radio interview. He's about two weeks away, maybe a little bit longer. Okay, that was now five weeks away, uh, five weeks ago. So between him joining the team in L.A. to now, it's been nine weeks. By the time that next game happens, next Friday, will be 10 weeks exactly. It's time. I think that he's been ready. We know that. We've seen the clips. We've heard that Jalen Sucks talked about it recently on an episode of um, the Magic Podcast uh, with Dante and the guys. He said it. Like, you know, he looks amazing. He looks great. I can't wait for him to join us. And I was playing one-on-one with him, and he looks great. He's ready. Again, is tanking involved? Are we really just making sure that he's a 1,000%? Maybe. 
But if I had to put money on this, I would think next Friday is the perfect day because that's, hey, it's after the All-Star break. You had two weeks off. The whole team got the rest. Let's kind of re-energize this team and start seeing what we look like the last 22 games of the season. I think that you might be right. I agree with you. I think uh, you you have a whole – the Magic aren't going to play again until next week. You have ample amount of time if it's something that you are planning to do. If not, at this point, him and J.I., 22 games left, sit them both out. If you're not going to do it now, sit them both out. So we're recording next Thursday, right? Thursday night. We should have the injury report by by that Thursday night. We'll know what's going to happen. Um, I agree with you. If by that time you don't have Markel yet, you don't have J.I. yet, they're still listed as out in that injury report. Honestly, man, for as much as a fan that I am and I want to see these guys play, don't even bother at this point. Because, again, why are you bringing them back to play 15 games or 10 games and risk an injury so late in the season? At that point, if they're playing in practice, you're seeing enough of them, keep it that way. I mean, it, it's, it sucks to say that. I, I can't believe I'm saying it because I can't wait to see these guys back on the court. But I would much rather prefer them being a 1,000% healthy next season than to maybe tweak a, tweak a knee, tweak an ankle here the last 10 games, whatever it may be. And now they're out a month again and having to worry about that over the summer. So I really hope it's Friday. I think it's long overdue. J.I. is a whole other topic, but Markel, I think he's ready. Let's see what happens this weekend. It's going to be really fun. Cole Anthony slam dunk contest. Plus we got Cole, Suggs, and Franz representing the Orlando Magic in the Rising Stars Challenge. That's going to be really fun. So a lot of things to look forward to. And then really seeing if Markel might make his return. If not, then when? That's a wrap for us this week. Appreciate you guys for listening. We'll catch y'all next week. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. For all the latest Orlando Magic news and updates, follow us on Twitter at the Ozone Pod and on Instagram at Orlando Magic HQ. Remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.